an anxious attacher, you are going to feel like nobody that you're in a relationship will ever get close enough to you. You'll feel like you're constantly chasing them, that they're running away. Um, you might feel like the things that you want and need are too much. Um, you might have had partners call you high maintenance before. That's an, that's a, an indicator of that too. Um, an anxious attachment. It seems like you only feel comfortable when your partner is like on you. Like if, if they're hanging out with you, making time and they're in your space, you feel comfortable. But the moment they leave your side, if that anxiety starts building and you're wondering, when are they going to see me again? You might be an anxious attacher. I feel like that was 100% me when I was younger. And I still exhibit some of those behaviors. And one thing I was reading about was activated attachment system. So I found that really interesting. So what does that mean, especially if you're an anxious type? And how do you recognize when your attachment system is being activated? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to take it back to the to infancy again, right? So you've got a baby and it's laying in a crib and it notices that it has a need. Maybe it feels hungry um, or maybe it's afraid and it needs some comfort, right? So the baby in that crib um, doesn't have like conscious thoughts. It's a baby, but its brain is going to go, I notice that I have a need. I'm going to cry out because every time I cry out, something good happens, right? My mom comes and comforts me. Um, that's our attachment system. That's the attachment system in play. Um, when we feel a need that we have and our, and our body and brain feels compelled to do something about it to make us feel safe. Um, so on the anxious side, when we feel our activated attachment system, that's our body and brain saying, I feel that I have a need for closeness, we act out to try to make that happen. Um, sometimes our acting out is to over contact someone. That's when you send 30 text messages or you're calling them too much, right? That's, I mean, we might as well be babies in a crib crying out for, for our, our security blanket to come back and comfort us. Um, interestingly, on the avoidance side, their attachment system gets activated when they feel too much closeness. Um, their safety and security is in independence and they, they tend to find themselves coming down to calm when they're alone. Um, and of course, those are the folks that the anxious people date. Any sign, any slightest hint of abandonment is going to set off, um, an anxious attachers, um, um, like the alarm system or attachment system, right? We are hypervigilant, meaning we're always on the lookout for abandonment. So I remember at my most anxious, I would feel like if my significant other, from the moment they left, it was almost like pressure was building up. Like, like right when they left, it was fine. But then like five minutes, 10 minutes, one hour, five hours. And the longer they were gone, the louder those alarm systems in my head would feel like bring them back, get them close again. I don't, I don't do that anymore, but it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work to be able to tell myself, look, they're not leaving you forever. But that's, that's what an anxious attacher at their worst is going to feel the longer their significant other is out of contact or let's see, signs of abandonment would also be maybe like if your partner's phone is buzzing in their pocket, your an anxious brain might say that's definitely somebody else that they're interested in. Um, I guess you could probably think of lots of examples from your own life too. If you leaned anxious 
It's anything that's going to make you start sweating and worry that your partner is thinking about or going to leave you. And it reminds me of what you were talking about in the beginning of that study that was done with the babies. Like that's what I think about where the mom's leaving the room and the baby's Mm -hmm. like, where's my mom? Where's my mom? Where's my mom? And I'm not going to feel better until she comes back. And it's like almost the same. When's he coming back? Or when is she coming back? You know, whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be. But it reminds me of that. And I, yeah, man, I've been there because especially in my younger days, I used to have those types of anxious behaviors and it triggered that abandonment. And I didn't feel better until that person was either with me. I found this comforting when I was studying this and your listeners might too. There's a reason that those alarm bells feel like life or death. Um, Because for an infant, think of like cave days too, right? If you're, if you're following your mother around and you're a little helpless child and you lose sight of her and if she can't find you, you're dead. You know, like the stakes were, are very high for an infant that can't reconnect with their mother. They will literally die. So that's our, that's our wiring in our brain. That's why it feels like a life or death kind of thing that like, you'll be telling your brain, like, don't text them again. This is a terrible idea. And then you do it anyway. Um, because the stakes feel a lot higher in your brain than they actually are. We are not, we're social creatures and we're not meant to have to completely self-soothe. Um, that's why solitary confinement is such a terrible punishment. You know, humans are not meant to, if we feel very, very stressed out and activated, we're supposed to call upon our tribe and our group or our significant other or our family unit to make us feel better. That's okay. But on the, um, extreme end of that, if you can't comfort yourself at all, then it's almost like your partner is a lifeboat. And it's like trying to save someone who can't swim, right? They're going to pull you down under the water with them. So I think we need a healthy amount of relying on our tribe and our significant other. And we also need to be able to self-soothe, especially in situations where, for example, the texting thing, if my significant other is at work, right? And he's gone for eight hours. I need to be able to have a calm, regulated system for a very reasonable amount of time for him to be away from me. If I don't, that's a problem. You know, that's me being somebody drowning who can't swim because, because you shouldn't need to have somebody text you throughout the day in order for you to feel like they're with you, you know? So it's, it's balance to an anxious attacher. The world looks like a place that is not going to meet our needs. It looks like a world where there's lots of things that we want, but we can't get them, right? Meaning closeness and affection and sex and reassurance. So that's our worldview. The world is a place that's not meeting my needs. So when we go out in the dating realm and we're sitting down across from a secure person who's going, you're wonderful. I would like to take you out again. I think you're so great you know, they're, they're throwing that reassurance and love out at you. Your brain goes, this feels wrong. It it might, there's no activated detachment system. You might feel bored, right? Like you might feel like that person's too desperate, right? Like, why do they like me? I haven't even done anything to earn this. Um, I know that for me, I can think back on lots of dates that I was on where I was just bored to tears, or I thought, oh, he sounds super desperate. I'm not calling him back. (laughs) Um, Because he was not affirming my worldview, the world's a place that doesn't meet my needs. And if love is real, I need to pursue it, right? Um, The avoidant attachers are on the other side of the spectrum. In their worldview, the world is a place that needs too much from them. 
So when they sit across the table from a secure attacher who's gone, oh, you're going away next weekend? That's awesome. Have fun, right? When they leave them alone the entire weekend, they're going, this person doesn't want very much of me. That doesn't affirm my worldview that the world wants too much for me. They must not like me very much. And then they don't feel that spark of attraction. But then you put an anxious and an avoidant attacher across the table from each other on a date. And there's the attachment person with stars in their eyes going, oh my gosh, you're so great. Can I see you tomorrow and the day after that? And the avoidant attacher is going, oh, this is like somebody who wants way too much from me. They must really like me. This feels safe. Um, and, and that starts the pursuer distancer cat and mouse kind of back and forth between them. 